Welcome back into Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, we'll have Billy here momentarily. I do want to talk a little Super Bowl. Our buddy Nick Savage is hanging out at the uh, Angry Elephant News and Social Center because he's training folks behind the back, uh, behind the scenes, I should say. Uh, who's back there? Cade doing the Cade, work today? Cade Bickham is running the show right now, so let's hope nothing catches on fire. But he's done a good job so far. So I'm watching Dante Hall's view of the game-winning touchdown. Uh, so Dante Hall obviously played for the Chiefs. He's a legend there. Uh-huh. He is in the end zone, and he's shooting it, and he's showing his perspective of, of the game-winning play. It's pretty cool to be not only a Chiefs legend, but to be in the end zone as that play is happening and, and capture it. It was, uh, it was pretty cool to see that. Is it just me, David, or when you saw that play go down, right? You know, he, he runs into the end zone, and what didn't it feel kind of like almost anticlimactic? Climactic? I don't know how to, else to put it, but it's like, okay, he just he walked in, and it's touchdown. Nothing else really happened, but... I mean, well, won the freaking Super Bowl. You know, it's interesting because it's he's just he does what you expect him to do, right? Yeah. You expect for Patrick Mahomes to make the right plays that lead up to an easy play like that. I heard a lot of uh, analysis on Brock Purdy. Look, I don't think Brock Purdy was great by any stretch. His numbers are fine. Uh, I don't think he's the reason the 49ers lost. Uh, he he didn't make some plays on third down that he needed to make. Some of that you got to credit the uh, Steve Spagnolo and the uh, the Chiefs defense, right? I mean they they yep. came with the heat coming after uh, Brock Purdy. But that all being said, like um, I thought Purdy was fine. the The question was, can the 49ers win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy at quarterback? Can they? They were in the Super Bowl, so the question the answer is yes, they can. Yep. And the other thing is, if they hit an extra point. He does win. Sorry. Like, but, but it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, they were feeding Christian McCaffrey like crazy too. 22 carries, 80 yards. He never, uh, well, he scored on a, oh my gosh, I didn't even see. He's got 160 total yards receiving and, uh, passing. So yeah, I mean, they, they fed him. He got a touchdown, uh, Purdy's numbers, like he just said, they're fine. They kind of, (laughs) they kind of feed into that system quarterback narrative, you know, that you see just, 255 passing yards and a touchdown. He did his job. But like you said, it's really, really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And, and he uh, he led the, the game-winning drive. And, man, he's he's something. Did Jalen Hurts play well enough for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl last year? The answer is yes. He did. He was great. He was phenomenal in that game. I, I know he had what that one mistake. But, hey, Patrick Mahomes had a mistake as well. I think that's the only turnover he had that entire playoff run and part of last year's playoff run. So wow. that's pretty fantastic. But Purdy played well enough. Uh, the bottom line is the Chiefs got hot when it mattered. Yep. And they are, typically, I don't believe that this happens, right? I, I believe you are who you are for the totality of a season. But they were really good at, at, at one point early. Then they kind of had their struggles. And then they figured it out. And mm-hmm. when they figured it out, it was like there was no stopping them. Yeah, 100%. I mean... I've, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff before the game to kind of just get some. I'm not the biggest NFL guy. I don't, you know, know every player on every single roster or anything, but I just wanted a little bit more analysis. And everyone was saying, this is the year to get the Chiefs. If it's any year, it's this year. Uh, but <laughs> they still somehow found their way into the Super Bowl and obviously ended up winning it. So, I mean, they're, they're a dynasty now, no doubt. And, I'm just going to be curious to see how long they can keep it up and what their offseason looks like. Well, the truth is, and we can apply this to Texas A&M football, but like if you've got the quarterback, you're going to win, right? And yeah. if you've got a top quarterback, you're going to be in the mix. So um, 
you know, regardless of what you think about Dak and the Cowboys, right? Can can they win because of Dak? That doesn't seem to be the case right now. Can the Texans win because of C.J. Stroud? Long way to go. You can't yeah. base it on one season. Uh, but there are other great quarterbacks in the NFL that have not won, um, and but you know they're certainly knocking on the door. It does take a special kind of uh, of quarterback to win. And if Connor Wigman can be that special guy, and I, I know I use the word can he, but He's shown flashes of being great. Not Patrick Mahomes great, but he's shown flashes of being great. If you've got the guy, you've got a chance. Yeah, 100%. And I love how you tied it back into A&M. You're so good, David. I'm not uh, that good. I just, yeah. It's an A&M show. <laughs> I mean, Wigman's played 12 games total, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, yeah, 100%. He's shown he can be the guy. Uh, just can they put it all together? Hopefully so. Let's get to some text messages. I know some people have been texting the show, and since we haven't had Matthew Dawson there, we haven't been able to get some of those. Yeah, 100%. Bosis from Katie texts in and says, This weekend was great for Aggie basketball. If our men can play this way, then we are good, but consistency is the key. Yeah, but here's the thing. Now we've seen three straight games of really good basketball, and that was the big question that I, I had for them. Right, and Honestly, like the Ole Miss game, was pretty good. Bat. It goes longer than that. Um, I don't know if K can pull up the schedule here, but like they've been playing really good basketball for a while. There was a little stretch. Like the LSU game was horrible, but but, but beyond that, like you you go and you should have won the Arkansas game. You f- you fell behind. You played great in the Kentucky game. You played poorly down the stretch against Ole Miss, but you've really played really good basketball for a considerable stretch. So eyeball test and also what they've been able to do makes you feel that it's not just an isolated incident. This is who they are. Hey, buddy. What's up, David? How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? You had a little smile when you walked in, so I was wondering what we're going to make fun of. No, nothing. No? Not yet. Not yet. You're waiting. I'm just just getting in. I thought you were going to make fun of me. No. Very rarely am I the antagonizer, proactive, make fun person. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes... I think you mistake making fun for lovable. Ne- Thank you. Yeah. What? What is that? Coffee? It's I mean, a I was like Dalton. Just put a little cream in there. Like, would you look at this? That's a little cream. That's as little as little. That's like a. Oh man. Anywho, uh, how was the weekend? Hell of a start to the day, right there, isn't it? Well, some of us have been up for six hours, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm not. <laughs> how, was the, how was the time in I Vegas? Was, it was good. I made a big mistake, though. Coming back early? Yeah. Yep. I, Vegas got to me because I was there Thursday. Uh, three nights. Normally, I'm a two-night Vegas guy. And three. And the third one was like, get up for the flight. Drove to the airport. I rode to the airport. <clears throat> on an hour and a half sleep. And I... Uh, Changed my flight out to stay. I, I I was sitting there at the baggage check. This for people that know me, you know this is classic me. Sitting there, I need to check my bags by nine ten. At nine oh seven, I'm changing my flight to come back the next day. Don't have a hotel. It's Super Bowl Sunday. You know you have people go. Oh, I'll get you. I'll get you. Well, yeah, you think you will until you tell me. You don't, and I don't have a room. So I'm like, uh, uh. Change the flight to stay at 9.08. Like and then as she's changing it over the phone, I'm talking to the lady because I wanted to get it done quickly. As she's changing it, 
she changes it, I change my mind. Ask her if that first class seat's still available because at that moment on that little sleep, the idea of going back a day later on that little sleep again and and sitting in like a middle seat or right, something. Right. Not appealing. Said, my bags are packed. I'm sitting here. Let's go. <clears throat> and I was the last person on the plane. Came back and then, you know, last night was getting the texts and then saw the Instagrams this morning. So I'm like, yeah, that was definitely going to be the best night of the trip. And I just punted on it. But you, like I was told, I think you posted it too. There was a lot of like stars on your flight there, right? Oh, on the way there? Yeah. I didn't post it. I think I texted one of the, Yeah, somebody know. mentioned that like there was like a there, full no, flight. It was just, it was just Rodman oh, just and then Rodman. a bunch of the Texans were on there. Okay. I, you know, a bunch of the... I guess the bunch of them went together because, you know, we all flew out of Houston. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was just Rodman was a good one. I actually flew back yesterday sitting there. We talked work, like, the whole time. He, he's a really interesting dude, and, and what they're doing, they're actually doing some really cool stuff in Austin with the Longhorns. Is an old running back from your high school. Who is it? Jeremy Hills. Okay. He went to Hastings? Oh, God, you went to Hastings. You went to Elsick, I thought you right? went to Elsick, yeah. No, you always make that mistake. Yeah. You went to Dulles, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, yeah, so he – anyway, Jeremy Hills, was. I remembered him, obviously, as a recruit. His older brother played at Texas there, Tony Hills. But great dude. It was yeah. funny. We got a good picture. So Aggie and a Longhorn, you know, sit by each other on a plane. It was good. But we should have just landed in Houston and flown right back to Vegas – and got there in time. I would have I would have missed that game for the for the night scene last night, but I didn't. Um, what a game! Yeah, I was, what a game! It started out to be like is this the thirteen to three one again? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Now uh, Brock Purdy was what we were talking about when we were walking in. He was fine. I don't. I don't. I mean, he he was not good on those third downs that where they needed to convert and end the game. But a lot of that is, I think, the Chiefs' defense. I mean, Spagnolo dialed up those blitzes and, and confused them. Yeah, he did. And uh, Spagnolo is the unsung hero, I think, for that team. A couple different teams. Couple, yeah, but certainly this year with the Chiefs, I think he uh, – I remember going up there to that game earlier in the year. You know, there was a stretch where their offense <clears throat> was not good. Yeah. Wasn't good. You know, they were dropping – felt like every other pass and – you know, you've seen, you saw Mahomes frustrated after that game against the Bills, beyond belief. You saw Kelsey several times this year really get frustrated with what was going on offensively right up until last night. I mean, even last night, <clears throat> they're bad offensively for what? More, at least Two and a half. half quarters, at least yeah. a half. And, but the defense really down the stretch, and you look at the playoffs and what they did to Lamar Jackson, what they did to Josh Allen, uh, the Dolphins. Now, Obviously, that was tough weather for that was a different, yeah. Tua and Tyreek in the game. But still, I mean, what they did, look, they played the Dolphins, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Niners. That's, I mean, if you think about how good we thought those four teams were this year, that's got to be as tough a run to, to win a Super Bowl as anybody's had in a while. And they were not favored. You had to go through the MVP and the one seed on the road. You had to go up to Buffalo in January against against a really hot football team, and you had to play the most explosive offense, one of the most explosive offenses in college. I mean, in college, 
in the NFL uh, in round one, and then you go play the Niners, who I think really have been the best team in the NFL. All year long. If you went like wire to wire, they've been the best team. And if you, they might have been the best team. They were right up there last year. You know, they they didn't make it. But I'm saying like, if you said who's the best team in the last two years, it's obviously the Chiefs. And then it'd probably be San Francisco second. If you said just best teams in the NFL. You make that extra point though. Yep. And the game does play differently. So you can't, uh, you know. It plays different. I think the Chiefs would have gone for it. Down there, that on that next, you know, I think they go for it there. So, do they get it or do they not? Right. If they don't get it, do the Niners come out from inside their five or whatever? So, it does play differently, but it loomed very large the whole time. So, I asked Olin this. I, I, I'm curious your opinion: Is Mahomes closer to Brady, or is LeBron closer to Michael? I think Mahomes is closer to Brady. I agree. I think. Uh, was Mahomes is at three, three, and Brady's at seven, seven. and Mahomes is twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty eight. Yep. And I think there are some that think LeBron's already passed Michael. I'm not one of those, but there's some that think, think Mahomes has passed Brady. Ridiculous. I think what LeBron's done is incredible. He's he. I think the debate is Michael and LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater. Uh. I don't want to go. We go all day about the Michael yeah, versus yeah. LeBron, but I I definitely think Mahomes is closer to Brady. Um, is Mahomes three and one in the Super, in Super Bowl, Bowls, yeah. yep. and was LeBron in the NBA Finals? I can't even remember. He's been to. Like, He's lost several. Yeah. Um, Tom was like seven and three in Super Bowls, which is insane. LeBron's won five. Is that right? No, four, right? Because he won two with the Heat, one with the Cleveland, and one, and one with, with the LA. Lakers. Yeah. So I think I think he might be four and three in finals, but. I don't know, man. I think Mahomes is. Will Will Patrick Mahomes get to seven? I I don't think so. I mean, he's gonna. Here's the thing. There, it's gonna to get to seven. It's gonna have to look completely different than the mm-hmm. first three. Like, you know, I don't know how much longer Travis will play. Certainly, obviously, next year. Um, maybe you know he's got a few more in him, but. I don't know how long that thing will hold up. Maybe the Chiefs, in, as we know them today, can win one more in the next, either next year or the year after. I think they've got maybe that group right there has got one more in them. After that, I, in other words, I don't think it's got the Belichick, Brady staying power but, to get to seven. But I think he can win a couple more and have five Super Bowls. And, and if he's if he's won five or seven. To go with the, you know, what are his numbers going to look like by the sure. end? And I, yeah, I think but here's, he's certainly going to be right there. Here's the thing that, that I, I mentioned about Brady A, he's got the head to head. B, Brady did it with different incarnations of the Patriots. He did go through the Randy Moss yeah. phase, he, and then he did it later with the Bucks without Bill Belichick. So if, if Mahomes is going to get there, he has to do that. Yep. So that's why you can't say it yet. Obviously, you can't say it yet. It's seven to three. But if he gets up to like five. If this dude's like five and one in Super Bowls and does it, like you said, with a different iteration. But look, let's not underestimate how damn good he is. Amazing. Yeah. So you put him, he is the type of guy that you could change up what it is you do and and, and he can just take a team that's at this level and go win a Super Bowl. He just did that. Yeah. I mean, look, 
Patrick Mahomes, if you put him on the Detroit Lions, they win the Super Bowl. And I don't think golf is bad at all. If you put him, I mean, what's another team right now? If he was on the Dolphins, if he's on the Eagles, they probably win the Super Bowl with that defense. If he's on the, you know, like he's the best. He is the best. And he's the best when they need him to be the best. He, if you if you can't enjoy, like I know there's a lot going with the Chiefs right now. They've kind of creeped into that Yankee realm. They've creeped into that pa- Belichick Brady Patriots realm. They've crept Astros. into the the Astros. They've become very you know you either love them or you hate them. Yep. And uh, but if you if you don't watch Patrick Mahomes and and sit there and go, if you don't appreciate the way he elevates his game in the moment like what he did last night was actually sports wise freaking incredible the way he played in that at, you know on that final drive yep. and in overtime it's as good as you can play the position it's as good it, it's as clutch as a performance as you'll ever see in sports it's as much leadership as you'll ever see it's in the moment it's a freaking super bowl with his team down to tie it then comes out down in overtime and goes eight for eight with some clutch scrambles on a drive to win it. And it made it look like it was nothing against an NFL defense with with Bosa on it and some yeah. other dudes, uh, Bryce Young, and, and just made it look easy. And that that part right there is what separates him from everyone else. And I think he is the, right now, as we sit today, I would say I think he's the most clutch athlete in sports. Yeah. Like, he, he is. And the fact that where does he rank in Texas products professionally? I mean. I'm thinking guys like, I mean, he's he's won a lot more championships than Nolan Ryan. But, I mean, it's like Earl, Patrick Mahomes, Earl Campbell, Nolan Ryan. Dream. Do you consider Dream? That's no, college only. No, he's from Nigeria. I mean, there's some we're obviously forgetting, but I mean, I think he. I think when you, if we sat here and went through everyone, I think he'd be number he's, one. He's got the rings. Be, I think he'd be number one. Yeah. yeah. Let's hit a break. We'll come back with some Aggie basketball talk. Right now, we're talking Coach Davida. When you go to Reed Arena and you uh, you you start chanted uh, overrated. Don't do that when you go to Costa Rica. You say, I want more. That's what you chant out there. They have a concession stand open at Reed Arena for men's and women's games just to the right inside the main entrance directly across 113 and 112. Their menu consists of chili lime chicken, sweet pork burritos, chili lime chicken and sweet pork quesadillas, chips and queso, and much, much more. You got to go check them out when you go to an Aggie basketball men's and women's game. But if you're in the area, you want to go to South College Station, you go to Costa Vida for breakfast. You get your breakfast taco on, get your coffee on, get your meeting on, but you stay for lunch and get the whole thing, the whole experience all over again because they have amazing food, Fresh Mex done the way that you like it where every ingredient matters. Fresh Mex, fresh scratch made. It is such a good place to go. You choose your entree, your protein, and you top it off with one of your favorite sauces. They're open for dine-in, drive-through, curbside takeaway, you name it. They'll take care of you and they'll take care of your catering needs as well. 4501 Mills Park Circle in College Station. Again, it is 4501 Mills, uh, Mills Park Circle in College Station. Aggie owned and operated. It is Costa Vida. And we're back here on Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Rollo Insurance Studio. Billy Lucci with us, as he always is, on a Monday. And uh, we'll have Buzz with us a little bit later. Usually he joins us at 10 o'clock on Mondays. He's going to join us at 1047 
a.m. What a freaking performance this weekend from the Aggie basketball team. I actually watched that from the... Airplane? No, the Gronk Beach pool party. Oh. At, X, at XS or Encore or whatever. But it was on, you know, we were in the Cabana thing, watched the end of Baylor, Kansas, and then boom, A&M, Tennessee. So I got to watch basically the whole game. Yep. You're sitting there just, you know... Enjoying it. Watch. I was probably the most interested observer. There, you know, obviously sure. there were some like gamblers there that were casually watching. They had money on either the Aggies or or Vols, but I was I was like dialed into that yeah. one and just blown away. <clears throat> you could tell that was the re- reverse FOMO that I had last night. Being back, I had it watching that game. I'm sitting there, at, at, you know, a great setup in Vegas. Going, I wish I was at Reed Arena. Because you could just tell the atmosphere yep. and environment were incredible. You could tell. I could tell on TV with no sound. You know, I'm just watching it, looking at visually what it looked like, how intense. But the way the team came out, it's just so crazy how you, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. Could they do that again? And we're looking for signs of it. A half here, a game there. And then, well, but maybe not because even when they – you know, won this one, they were, uh, and then, you know, we're just trying to decide if they had it in them yep. again to go, not to say to go on that kind of run they did last year, even the year before when they won, like, was it eight straight, nine straight, where they didn't lose. I'm not saying they're going to go on a run where they don't lose. That schedule's too tough, I, I think, to do that. But what we were talking about is could they hit their stride and play their best basketball, which we thought their best basketball would be up there with anyone in the conference. And you're trying to figure out if they could do that or if this team just was what it was, which was going to be tough, gritty, star guard and Wade Taylor, you know, that that teams were scared of, but a tough, gritty team that could grind you out or play close. They're going to fall behind a lot with slow starts, but they'd, in other words, like a fringe tournament team. Is what that that was kind of what they were trending looking like. And look, they still just like a lot of teams in this league, it's not going to be easy to get in. But when you win games like they did Saturday, and and you win a game like you did against Kentucky and, and Iowa State and the the schedule they've played and beating Florida, you start to really build up your resume to where you start going, Okay, this team it certainly ought to make their way in. But the job's not done for anybody. But when I'm watching them now, they don't look like, not just Saturday. Saturday was their best performance, I thought, of the season, bar none, not even close. But you're looking at a team that you go, okay, this is the team we thought now. Even without Julius Marble, like this now is their team. They have figured out who they are. They're playing with confidence. They're playing with urgency. Um they seem to be, you know, yeah, like a sense of urgency is the best way I can put it. They seem like we, we have got to play our best. Enough's enough. I'm not. <clears throat> it's like the Chiefs when they got to the playoffs. Yep. You know, like what they did in the regular season was not going to be enough to get them where they wanted to go. And then all of a sudden you saw the, the Kansas City Chiefs team that everyone expected to see. I'm not saying – <clears throat> we're going to be partying with the Aggies in Vegas you know, after March Madness and cutting down nets. But I am going to say they, have, they seem to have 
hit this point where the sense of urgency has kicked in. They, at some point along the way, said this isn't as good a team as we could be, and, and we're, we're not tolerating it. We're going to do something about it. And it didn't just start Saturday. Nope. They've been playing better basketball, like you were saying, for a couple weeks now. And really, were it not for that last four-minute fade against Ole Miss, I think you'd be looking at a really impressive streak right here. We're only, you know, that that Arkansas blip <clears throat> would have been the only blemish, right? Yeah, uh, and, and that's like a, had they that four minutes against Ole Miss. I'm saying, yeah, that was the, the out of that. Here you go, out of that whole stretch there. Um, LSU on the road, they were really impressive. Missouri, they handled business. Um, Florida looked, you know, Florida's a tough team. <clears throat> Missouri, they they that was comfortable and easy. You look at their last two wins; they've been by comfortable margins throughout most of the game. And to do that against Tennessee at home, obviously we talk about how impressive that is, but I'm looking at one, two, three, a six-game stretch where were it not for that little four minutes against Ole Miss, you're talking about a, a six-game winning streak and a really impressive uh, couple wins between Ole Miss, Florida, and, and Tennessee. So that they've been playing better, but they – took it to a whole nother level on Saturday, and they ran out a team that I think has uh, Final Four stuff in Tennessee. What did you think of Rick Barnes afterward? Um, first of all, too, going along with Rick Barnes, Reed Arena is back. Reed Arena is back. They lost to LSU, and that was like just this like mad, inexplicable performance. Um, and they lost to Ole Miss at basically at the buzzer. Last year, they didn't lose a conference home game. They beat teams like Tennessee and Bama at home. Now they've beaten Kentucky. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Tennessee. Uh, Reed Arena's back. Yeah, it is. It's, and, you know, there's only three more at home, but two of them uh, are really – I mean, they're all big now, just like Vandy's big this week, but two of them are big, and it's, uh, it's going to be, obviously, Mississippi State coming in. You need to win that one. They're a tough team, but especially the big one – is going to be South Carolina. I mean, that's going to be a huge, huge game. Huge game at home and a game that, look, South Carolina is playing as well as anybody right now in the conference, but they're coming to your house, and, and I'd contend Texas A&M's quietly playing as good as anybody right now as well. And again, I'd pointed out that six-game streak. Um, what do I think of Rick Barnes' comment? Why don't you hold that for the next segment? Okay, yeah, yeah so, so, so we can stay on the clock, and then we'll, we'll talk uh, with Buzz after that. It's Texas Radio. Presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Hey, we're back. Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, Rollo Insurance Studio. David Edmund asking if he's been banned. No, I didn't even know. Interesting. Yeah. No, you're not banned, buddy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he does things, but he, he didn't do enough to get banned on this show. Uh, Billy, we, were, we left it off with Rick Barnes, and he was, he was asked a question. I didn't like the way he answered the question. I don't care what the fans do. Like they, I don't think they were out of line by any stretch. But what did you think of that whole thing? I think that's Rick Barnes being Rick Barnes. He's had a long, you know, a long, uh, long-standing feud—not feud, but just rivalry with Aggie fans yep. and A and M and Reed Arena. This goes back all the way, obviously, to his days coaching in Austin. I always kind of just think these coaches go out of their way a lot of times. 
who asked him about the environment there? You know, like it's a local media. It could have been yeah. Olin. I don't know. It's somebody local, probably A&M based or affiliate, you know, and, and they go, what do you think of the environment here? And it's set up for an opposing coach to talk about another team's fan base and atmosphere in the moment after a loss. That's what it – I mean, had a and I mean, had Tennessee won that game, his answer's probably quite a bit different. You know, but you lose a game and you walk in there and you sit there and someone goes, man, what about this environment? You guys at the place of the team and the coach that just beat you minutes ago – and that is in your conference, and I'm going to ask you how great this basketball environment was. So that's not why the, the writer's asking, but so there can be a, a quote and a soundbite of you talking about how great this place is. So I understand being like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. It's the SEC. Like, everywhere we go, it's tough. You know, like, I, I get it. I get it. it like, and you know me, I, I'm very quick to want to be offended by such things yeah, you know, and, and disrespect or things like that. Um, but I didn't think, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I what he did, I, I kind of understand that response. I didn't like moment. the underrated thing that he was complaining about though. I, the overrated. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Overrated. Again, like it's kind of like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Why do you care? You know, like, Rick Barnes, why do you, you – I understand, like, it does – if you want to, like, really break it down and go, well, that's kind of silly. You're you're calling a team overrated because your team beat them. Maybe your team's underrated. And, you know, so you're, you're saying Tennessee's overrated. It takes away from how good, you know, Tennessee is. You, you want them to be really good because your team just beat them. But nobody thinks like that. Nobody's sitting there, like, analyzing, well, what does this really mean if we yell this right. out in unison uh, – 15,000 of us. Guys, let's chill out and think about this before we yell overrated. It's really... No, it's just a, a age-old sports chant that when the highly ranked team comes in and loses to the unranked team, the crowd chants overrated. And you know why? Because it's fun. And because everyone's sitting there all game wondering if their team's going to win. And when they do, they start chanting things like overrated or they start chanting things like SEC, SEC. It's fun. It's part of the it's experience. It's sports. It's part of being there and being a part of yep. it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't need Rick Barnes or anyone else's analysis of why the overrated chant, you know, maybe you really should think about, like, what, what else? I mean, what else do you want us to chant? Screw you, Rick. That. Tennessee sucks. Like, it's overrated. It's, it's a thing. It goes on. I don't think anyone yelling overrated was thinking about, well, technically, that means Texas A&M's accomplishment wasn't as impressive. <laughs> They're not psychoanalyzing it, yeah. Overrated. You had a number by your name. We didn't. You lost. We yell. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. And by the way, I don't By really... the way, he just, he's pissed off he lost the yeah, basketball Yeah, and I can, I can his, get that. And, and, and got his teeth kicked in. He and his best the player bu- The buzzsaw came in there and took him apart. All right, Olin. Is that what Olin said? Yeah, that's what Olin lied right there. We've reached that part. The buzzard. The buzzard. the buzzard was circling. Look. But he went on the road, got his teeth kicked in, went in the media, like, hey, how great was this atmosphere? And, and you know, he's pouty about it. And Rick Barnes has always been a powder. Well, he has always been a powder. But let, let, let's actually go to what the beauty of what we're seeing, though, is they, 
at least in this particular game, and we've always seen them do a lot of iso ball, but in this particular game, they iso balled to the matchups that would work in their favor, and they kept it going, and they kept it going. And then, oh, by the way, they also hit enough threes, and they hit a lot of threes, by the way, to keep uh, Tennessee at bay. When this team can run their offense and hit threes, forget about it. We said that all year, but it was getting to the point where you wondered if they were going to do it. Right. Right? Like, there's a formula where they can hit three, you know. Wade gets Wade gets real hot, boots, and then they've got other guys that if they're sh- you know shooting well, I mean this Jace Carter evolution these last is a couple three game has been, been nice has been we've wondered man if they can get but like everything else we hadn't really seen it it started I think with a with a you know and look he was he was three for ten obviously that's not good but he hit two threes. Four rebounds, couple steals. He he was really good. Um, who was the win against the other day? Where I thought he was outstanding. Oh, Florida. Florida, was Florida. Was That's yeah. kind of where it started. If he can start being, look, we see it with this team. He doesn't have to come in the form of points. The points are going to help. Um, but you see guys like Andy and like Solo, and now like Jace Carter. You know, Dexter Dennis could score last year, but when even in games when he didn't... He affected the game. An incredible amount. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I, we mentioned Rodman. He was on that flight. Uh, Andy was, you know, you heard Buzz say he's the... he's what did he, what did he call him? He was the what, Dennis? He was the Dennis Rodman of... Forget what he said, but he, he compared him to Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. after the game. And we've heard that comparison... He affects the game so much. I don't think there's a guy that moves the needle more when he steps on the court than Solomon Washington, too. So, like, if Jace Carter can become one of those guys, again, we all talk about Dexter Dennis. Well, but he he was elite defender. Of course he was. But, oh, yeah, but he could score a lot, too. He could, but he didn't always. There were plenty of games, I think, where he was under 10 points but completely impacted the game, whether it was a dunk here or a steal and an easy bucket there or a block shot or a rebound. or He did so much. You've got a lot of these guys I think are really starting to figure out, and, and they've been healthy. Look, I don't know how long it takes Boots to heal from you know, what was affecting him for those couple weeks. I don't know how Henry Coleman's clearly been banged up, so I don't know when he hits 100% what he's going to look like, but it looks like they're all trending back and healthy. And more importantly, they've been doing this now for a couple of weeks intact. Right. It, that's, that, that's the biggest part of it. It's like you feel one way and maybe you're not at a hundred percent, but you're at 80%. Obviously you're going to be better as you get to a hundred. But the real thing is you being on the court with this team and him having that full rotation and those guys all playing together. And now you've seen it for a few weeks and they've hit a stride. All right, let's do this. Let's hit a break. We're going to hit a break early so we can get to, to Schloss. Yeah, I think he's going to call right around 1047. Excuse, excuse me, Buzz. Yeah, thank you. We had Schloss earlier. Slosh, Slosh, I'm t- I texted him last night. I'm like, don't be tweeting about Swift. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right, we'll get to it. Trying to get her to an Aggie baseball game. Now you've ruined it. You got a chance? You think... She's paying attention uh, to what he's tweeting? Anymore. Well, not I, anymore. I bet you there's still a chance. All right, we're going to hit a break. We'll come back with Buzz next on Tech Sacks. All right, welcome back into Tech Sacks Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, Rollo Insurance Studio. 
Uh, we should have Buzz Williams calling in here in a moment. We were finishing up some thoughts. I just love the way Boots has kind of resurrected his season. And I believe because we've seen it with Boots, there's no reason not to believe that Henry won't get back on track as well as he starts to get more healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's, they're different in that what A&M needs from Boots to be peak A&M versus what they need from Henry. I think peak Henry, this team gets even better. And so there's still – that's what's interesting is there's still room to grow for this basketball team. There's still room to get better. And it feels like they're, they are doing that. They're on that, they're on that track. Right. And – They'll need to be when you look at the schedule because you, even coming up, to me, this Vandy game is massive because you run the risk of almost just, you know, as far as like net and things like that, you run the risk of completely negating, almost like canceling out the Tennessee win. Right. But the way they went up and handled Missouri, and I think they'll go do the same against Vandy, whether it's by in a close game or comfortably. But they need to go do that in a tough environment. Just not environment, but just that court. And it's, it's a tough place to play for a lot of teams. It's a danger zone game, but it's one that they obviously should win. Tell me if you, if, and I think you do follow this line of thinking, but there was a point in the season where the eyeball test told me, man, this team is not playing good basketball regardless of if they win or lose. The same thing I was saying after the Missouri game and other games, too. Like, okay, it's the way they're playing. Yep. That's why I believe it's sustainable. Yeah, it looks, like I said earlier, they, they don't look like a team that's going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to. Everyone has to fight and claw their way into the tournament in, out of these major conferences, particularly, you know, whether it's the SEC, the Big 12, the <laughs> Big 10, ACC, those leagues in particular. I mean, you have to fight and claw every week. Because you blink and you've got a three-game losing streak and you're in trouble. And it happens to good teams as well. I mean, A&M, a couple weeks ago, you're like, man, there's a lot of season to go, but they've dug themselves into a hole when you look at their record versus the schedule. But what you don't factor in is what will they be playing like at that really tough point in the schedule? So to look and go, damn, they got to play Tennessee twice. Florida's getting better. How are they going to beat Kentucky? They're getting it done, and, and particularly Florida and Tennessee, like you said, they're playing better basketball. I, I talked uh, to someone that covers these games at halftime of the Florida game, and he was like, and he had come, and he did what? He did the uh, Missouri, no, not Missouri, he did the, maybe it was the LSU game, but it was, I was like, man, now this is, this is good basketball, and this is A&M down by a few to Florida and, and saying this is high-level right. SEC basketball now. And as that game played out, it was. They're back to playing high-level SEC basketball, and it, you, you know it when you see it. And like you said, it hasn't just been one game. It's been for several now, and I think they're getting better. I don't think that this was the, the peak. I think they can play – I think they can play like this at home consistently, and that's what it's going to take to beat South Carolina – it's what it's going to take, you know, to to beat Ole Miss. I'd like to see them beat the brakes off of Arkansas, but that's still a talented yeah. team. So I'll take a win any way you can get it. But I think they've brought Reed back. So when they're at home, this team is like, I think they plays they play at a top ten level at home, and the numbers would would bear that out over the last couple of years. Really, 
ever since that losing streak, two and a half years of home games, they've been incredible. On the road, I think they're tough, gritty, and they find a way to win. That's right. a tournament team. Time to end the day with Double Dave's caller number 12 at 979-693-1150. We'll hook you up with your choice of a dozen pepperoni rolls or one large topping pizza from Double Dave's. Serving Aggie Lance since 1984. They've got your favorite pizza and world-famous pepperoni rolls. As a reminder, they are not open on Mondays. We go to the Brian Foley Law Hotline. We are joined by Buzz Williams. Buzz, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. I apologize. It's, we're traveling today, so we just finished one day prep, so I apologize. Buzz, one of the things we've talked about uh, is that recently, and in the wins, obviously, but just overall, the way the team is playing, um, are are you liking not only the wins, which I know you love that, but just the style of basketball on both ends that your team is playing? Well, I I don't want to justify losing at all. Um, But I, I do think it's the longest stretch of time this season since after Thanksgiving that we've been able to practice with our team. And um, I understand when good players miss games, uh, the impact that it has on the game. But I think when you're on a team, you realize the negative impact that not only you miss them when they don't play games, but you also miss them in all the practice leading up to the games. And so um, I think our, the, the two losses, our last two losses, uh, obviously, uh, at the buzzer at Arkansas and then um, losing by three to Ole Miss. But there's been consistency in the practices and the games of the people that have practiced and played. And I think that that's the first time that's happened in eight to ten weeks. And hopefully there's some growth happening just because we've all been able to be together talking to buzz williams here on texags radio let's talk about boots and what he's doing differently is it wrinkles in his game or is he just finally feeling like himself again yeah i mean you know if you miss if you miss five games in non-conference uh you probably miss 15 practices and that's a long time um I would say he could have played um, against Houston Christian, and I told him he couldn't. Uh, He had been cleared. Uh, He wasn't practicing full-time. But I thought that having seven more days, including the Christmas break, in preparation for Prairie View, I thought long-term, that was best. Uh, Boots is a very rhythmatic player. Um, He is a very consistent person. He's he's not playing video games till 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, He's not running all over the place. He's kind of an old man, Uh, not because he's in his last year. He was an old man when I met him. Uh, He's been raised that way. And when you're never in your rhythm, when you can't practice, when you can't train, when you can't do your skill work, when you can't be in the weight room, 15 practices in five games, that's a lot. And so has this game changed? Uh, no, sir, I don't think so. Is he in a good groove because of the consistency? I, I, would, I would contribute most of it to just his ability health-wise. To, he's back, and 
comfortable because of the practices and the games. Buzz, we're, <clears throat> we're up against it, so I want to ask you a two-parter real quick. And one of them, was there a point in the last couple weeks – whether it be practice or games where you, you're watching your team play or even watching film and go, we're starting to hit a, a turning point here where you could kind of see it coming? Well, I, I do think that we play hard, and I think that's a part of it. But I think playing hard and knowing why you play hard when everybody's yeah. on the floor together, I, I think you can kind of see some of that on both sides of the floor for sure. And we're, we're, we're heading out, but how fun was Saturday night for you and the guys? Oh! I thought it was one of the better performances, better atmospheres, better games we've had in the five years we've been here personally. Wow. Yeah. It, it, I think a lot of people would agree with you, man. Fun night. It was a lot of fun. See, uh, those, are, those are the fun results. And keep it going. And we'll talk to you after Vandy. Uh, we'll talk to you after Vandy this week. Thank you, man. Sorry for calling late. I appreciate it. Uh, Have a good day. No problem, sir. Have a great one. Buzz Williams there on the Brian Foley Law. Vandy in Alabama. Yeah, and Alabama. Yep. And, Bailey, I said it earlier. we got about 45 seconds. But if you look at the SEC standings, they're starting to get closer to that top tier, man. It's amazing what a 2-0 week in this league yeah. will do, not just for A&M, but for anybody. Teams rise and fall uh, pretty quickly. And so this is this is a big one this week against Vandy. And, man, if they could get, this sets, it would set up a, the probably the SEC game of the week Saturday at A&M at Bama. All right, tomorrow on the program, Justin Lanham, Shereen Williams, Tom Hart. Wednesday, all I got to say is I think Billy's going to be back with us on Wednesday. We'll have a huge guest to start that show. Valentine's Day special. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be huge. All right, that's going to do it for Tech Radio on a Monday. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you manana. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.